Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate Nastapriyeshu abhiyeshu nityam bhagavata sevaya bhagavachutama sloke bhaktir bhavati daistiki. So I thought for this evening we'd uh, kind of go over some of the the core beginning verses of the Bhagavatam which are so enlivening for our spiritual practice and uh, enlightening as to what true spirituality entails. Actually, the verse we chanted tonight is, is kind of starting there. But we're going to start with text 15. And I'll just kind of go through these and then we'll read a purport and, and try to enter into uh, the real mercy. With sword in hand... Intelligent men, this is text 15 from the second chapter of the first canto. With sword in hand, intelligent men cut through the labyrinth knots of reactionary work, karma, by remembering the Lord. Therefore, who will not pay attention to his message? O twice-born sages, by serving those devotees who are completely freed, from all vice, great service is done. By such service, one gains affinity for hearing the message of Vasudev. Trinvatam Swakatha Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Hrjanta Badrani Vidudnoti Suhritsatam Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, who is the Paramatma, Supersoul, in everyone's heart, and the benefactor of the truthful devotees, cleanses desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the devotee who relishes his messages, which are in themselves virtuous when properly heard and chanted. We have a tendency, due to our conditioned nature, to, within this plane, our normal experience of, of everything is we put out some effort and in proportion to the effort, there's a result. And we have the tendency to take that mentality into the pursuit of self-realization, into the pursuit of, of spiritual advancement. And it's only due to our material conditioning. And it's interesting that the, the spiritual master is expert in dovetailing that propensity in such a way that we can utilize it and actually serve him and make some spiritual advancement. But it's important for us to always remember that true spiritual advancement is a consequence 
of mercy, not a consequence of endeavor. Now, of course, as I said, the, the spiritual master in the beginning, he, he always makes it appear to us that by our own endeavors, we're going to be able to situ our, situate ourselves spiritually. And that's too, true only in respect to endeavoring in a way that lets us give up the tendencies for activities in ignorance and passion and rises us to the platform of performing works in the mode of goodness. And works in the mode of goodness clear the consciousness and with a clear consciousness we can hear what's beneficial to our spiritual life. This verse 17 speaks to that. Srinvatam Swakatha Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Hridyanta Skyohyad Badrani Vidudnoti Suhritsatam Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, who is the Paramatma, super soul in everyone's heart, and the benefactor of the truthful devotee, cleanses desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the devotee who relishes his messages, which are in themselves virtuous when properly heard and chanted. Who's doing the cleaning here? The verse doesn't speak about our endeavor to cleanse the heart. It speaks to the fact that Krishna, who's the Paramatma sitting within our heart, cleanses the heart. Go ahead. Um, you know, I know that the, it says that it's causeless mercy, but also, isn't it kind of natural, though, that you get mercy by your endeavors? Like someone is more inclined to give, to offer their mercy to someone who is endeavoring. It's funny you say that, because let's look back to the verse we started with this evening. The verse before this one. O twice-born sages. This is Sudha Goswami speaking to the sages at Namasharanya. By serving those devotees who are completely freed from all vice, great service is done. By such service one gains affinity for hearing the messages of Vasudev. So what's our endeavor? Our endeavor here. He's giving a clue that the endeavor is in performing service to the devotee. It's not some, some hard work. In dealing with Krishna's pure devotee, it's not a matter of quantity as much as the quality of the service that's rendered. Krishna's devotee is like Krishna. 
And Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita what? Patram, Pushpam, Falam, Toyam. If one offers me a little water, a fruit, a flower, doesn't say, I- I'm pleased with that. It's not a big wish list for God. <laughs> of course, he already has and owns everything, so he doesn't even have a wish list. It's all his to begin with. And Krishna's devotee is also in full possession of everything. Because why? He possesses Krishna. As much as one can possess the Lord through love, just as in this world we also can be possessed by the love of another. So your point of there's some endeavor on our part There's intelligent endeavor, but the endeavor is truly an endeavor of the heart. It's not an endeavor of of working. You can follow all the prescribed rules and regulations. You can do all the sacrifices. You can light all the fires. You can give away everything in charity. But if you don't do it with the proper heart... What's the question of of advancing yourself spiritually? Does that mean there isn't any endeavor? No, there is endeavor, but we have to endeavor with the heart. And where do we begin to the, the endeavor? These verses speak to that beginning. There has to be some faith. And once there's faith, then sadhu sangha. Tata shraddha, tata sadhu sangha, bhajana kriya. What's bhajana kriya? Bhajana kriya is not like the work of this world. It's not like the work of the world. Now, sometimes the spiritual master, he engages us according to the way we work in the world. Thus, we have Bhagavad Gita. Here's a quintessential example of the perfect prototype of guru, God himself, teaching the disciple how, in the beginning, what's he saying? Work for me. You're a warrior, do your warrior work, but you do it for me. Don't be attached. Give me the result. So it's a fine line to balance that in in our devotional practice, how do we balance? The guru gives instruction. You chant Hare Krishna. In fact, don't just chant. You chant in a regulated way, daily prescribed count of the mantra. And you increase from there as you can. You have to do that. It's like, well, that seems like work. The result of your chanting certainly is based on pleasing the spiritual master by following his instruction. But his pleasure is what gives us the advancement. Yasya prashadad bhagavat prashado. Yasya prashadad nakatikato. The spiritual master knows the sincerity and the determination 
that we're willing to apply to make advancement in spiritual life. And he blesses us according to that heartfelt endeavor on our part. Does that mean we don't work? Does that mean we're neglectful? It doesn't mean any of those things. But we need to know that a heart in the right place can grow spiritually by leaps and bounds. Whereas a heart in the wrong place, but following everything to a T and working your fingers to the bone, if there's some, if the motive is not pure, there'll be a lot more work to do. Now, the Krishna and Krishna's devotees are so kind that Krishna says, when I see the sincerity there, then I cleanse the heart. We're not cleansing the heart. Our chanting is what? Our chanting is a way for us to express our sincere desire. And especially in the beginning, we sometimes think it's based on my effort. And sometimes the guru may even encourage such a mentality for the neophyte devotee. Yes, you work hard. You go out, distribute so many books. You go out, you chant so many rounds. You, you do these regulative practice. You, uh, whatever your service is, you work 24 hours a day for Krishna. And if we really want spiritual advancement, then he's going to bless us with spiritual advancement. Krishna's going to clean, cleanse our heart. But the point is, Krishna, he does the cleansing. They say spiritual life is like a razor's edge sometimes. That razor's edge is the nature of our intent. If the intent is off, there's every chance we'll slip, fall, and get bloodied up in the process. We'll misunderstand spiritual life. We'll think spiritual life means I collect the most money so I get spiritual advancement. Or I, use, I have the sharpest brain and I can remember the most slokas. Or I'm the best preacher or the breast kirtanir, or whatever my service is, I think, ah, this is, just see, my guru has to be pleased with me. Just see. So many people listen to me speak. They're all listening. Oh, he can speak. He has so much knowledge, so many slokas he's quoting. So we, we go back to a simple story of Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya is traveling and... Here's an illiterate man. He has Bhagavad Gita. And his guru has said every day, I want you to read Bhagavad Gita. His guru gives him this instruction. Everybody in the village is just, <laughs> look at him. Every day he's there, he turns his page. He's an illiterate, he can't, can't read a word on the page. But he's doing this every day. And Lord Chaitanya comes across this, this devotee and he says, I see every day you're turning. What have you learned from Bhagavad Gita? He says, I can't learn anything from Bhagavad Gita. 
I'm a literate person. I simply do this on the order of my spiritual master. I turn the page. I look at the pictures. The Lord Shaitanya says, well, why? Why are there tears in your eyes? Why? Are you crying? Why? I don't see this emotion in great scholars that know every verse. Why you have this emotion? I have this emotion because here's the Supreme Lord and he's serving his devotee. Who could not love? Who could not love this? Is it the endeavor? Is that what made Lord Chaitanya tell this Brahmin, this man, you are the best scholar of Bhagavad Gita. Best scholar, illiterate man. How do you... How do you reconcile that? Best scholar because why? He only had one desire. Let me follow the order of my spiritual master. If I follow the order of my spiritual master, as best I can, I become perfect. Uh, when Bhaktivedanta Swami landed on the shore of the United States, he, he said, he'd said, Krishna, he's... My spiritual master has sent me here to these shores. What can I do in this hedonistic society? There's no hope. Why have you sent me here? You must have some purpose. If you want, you make me dance. You make me successful. Of my own endeavor... There's no possibility of success in this society. How can I preach? <clears throat> so these things combined, complete and total surrender to the order of the spiritual master, despite the fact that we may see we don't have the qualification. We're not the greatest scholar. We're not the greatest whatever. Book distribution. We're not the greatest at cooking or cleaning. But if we have a sincere heart, even we have no ability at all to follow the instruction of the spiritual master. If we take that instruction on our head and simply worship the instruction, that worship in and of itself will give us all success in spiritual life. Nastatriyeshu abhiyeshu nityam bhagavata sevaya by regularly hearing the Bhagavatam and rendering service unto the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is practically destroyed, and loving service to the glorious Lord, who is praised with transcendental song, is established as an irrevocable fact. So in text 17, Krishna is speaking to the fact that the Paramatma in the heart cleanses the heart. Krishna, he becomes the benefactor of the truthful devotee. How important is truthfulness in our devotional practice? That Krishna brings out that quality as one of the... That's the criteria. Of the truthful devotee, I'm cleansing the heart. And then the verse, this 18th verse. By regularly hearing the Bhagavatam and rendering service into the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is practically destroyed, 
and loving service unto the glorious Lord, who is praised with transcendental songs, is established in an irrevocable fact. We can't even begin to praise the Bhagavat enough. This literature, Srimad Bhagavatam, is the basis of the topmost understanding of the Supreme. It contains everything we need to end our suffering in the material world. Everything is in this literature. Everything for our spiritual advancement is here. Every verse is in itself. If we could enter fully into the the text of the verse and understand it, the verse in and of itself is liberating. Every verse has that much potency. Because why? It, uh, it is coming from the spiritual plane. Every verse is as transcendentally potent as the Supreme Lord. We don't discriminate. We have our favorites. And eventually, as our heart is purified, those beginning sections of the Bhagavad that help us understand and advance in spiritual life, their significance is greater in the beginning of our practice for the Kanista Adhikari, the beginning, the, the lower qualified devotee. We only, we were just coming. We have a little bit of interest in spiritual life. We have a lot of interest in material life. Therefore, the guru work uses us and, and, and engages us according to our material propensity. But later, as we advance, then the lessons in the beginning of the Bhagavat are replaced by the relishable nectar of Krishna's personality. So in the beginning, and it appears like a progression that's based on, on a material knowledge, that we progress from step to step materially. But every stage of spiritual life is on the transcendental platform. That's why it's so very important that as devotees and in looking at other devotees, there's no discrimination on our part, except in relationship to my spiritual practice. This is an important point. There's no discrimination on our part except in relationship to our spiritual practice and qualification. We see all devotees as very dear to Krishna, no matter what their qualification or lack thereof, according to our material vision. But we must carefully pick and choose our company so that we're in that association that drives us to endeavor more and more to please Krishna, to please the spiritual master, those practices that actually work to soften my heart and make me the best devotee I can be. That discrimination is there, but it's not done in a judgmental manner, except in relationship to me. Practically, what does that mean? I understand you're saying something here, but 
What's the practical application? Well, there may be devotees who are chanting Krishna's name. They're coming. They're associating with devotees. They're taking prasadam. But they still have bad tendencies. They still have bad, some anarthas, bad habits. And, but we, we appreciate them for their devotional service. That they're coming, that they're chanting, they're hearing class maybe. If they're, some, some of them don't even like the class, they just like the kirtan. Some of them don't like the kirtan or the class, they just like the prashadam. So they, they show up just when the prashadam's served. Some of them are bad character. Some of them go to the kirtan and they put on the great performance and after the kirtan they sneak behind the temple and they like up, light up a beady, like up a joint, try to run off with the prettiest little girls. They still have some anarthas, some bad habits. I appreciate them for the fact that Krishna is taking them in and I know based on my own experience that there, but for the grace of my spiritual master and the instructions he's given me and my ability to follow those, that would be me. Or maybe it was me just a little while ago. Maybe I was the one that was running into the, the restaurant and eating some filthy, disgusting thing. Maybe this, maybe that. We discriminate, but we discriminate just as a matter of keeping ourselves situated and enthused so that we don't fall back into bad habits ourselves. But we see those devotees, for their position, we encourage, yes, please come, come again, lead the kirtan, eat as much for shodam as you can. We don't encourage them to smoke the beady, but you come. But then again, the expert devotees, sometimes they say, oh, I see you like wine. It's quite a habit you have there with the wine. I tell you what, since you're such a wine connoisseur, every time you drink the wine, you think, ah, this is Krishna. I am tasting Krishna. This devotee may even say this to encourage someone. Oh, Guru's telling this disciple to drink wine yeah he's telling that disciple to drink wine he's not telling you to drink the wine he's telling you no illicit sex no gambling no meat eating no intoxication including wine different instruction who's making advancement you're both making advancement you're making advancement. You have a higher qualification. Spiritual master sees the level of your sincerity and faith and the resolve, your determination. And he turns up the fire a little. This is a new person. Well, let me at least try to get him close to the fire. That's good for him. Bring him close. How, do, how the spiritual master is so expert in these things, that's the amazing qualification of the bona fide spiritual master. He brings everyone and according to their qualification, he engages them in Krishna's service. Text 19. At the time loving service is established in the heart, the modes of passion and ignorance 
and lust and desire, comma, disappear from the heart. Then the devotee is established in goodness and he becomes happy. Thus established in the mode of goodness, a man rejuvenated by loving service to the Lord gains liberation from material association, mukti, and comes to know scientifically the personality of Godhead. See a progression here? A progression, step by step. In these verses, we see Srila Rupa Goswami built upon these verses in presenting Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Atashrada tata sadhu sangatha bhajana kriya. Wait, wasn't it just at the beginning of the verses we started tonight? What do you do first? Render service to the devotee. Atashrada, little faith, tata sadhu, associate and render some service to the devotees. Tashrada, tata sadhu, sangotha, bhajana kriya. Bhajana kriya. We work in devotional life under the direction of the spiritual master. In the beginning, we're pretty much covered over by Krishna's external energy. What's this 19th verse speak to? All of a sudden, those ropes that are tying us to material life, the gunas, the qualities of material existence, goodness, passion, ignorance, those are gradually what? Their, their influence diminishes. Specifically the motive, ignorance and passion. And as those diminish, as those influences diminish, one comes to the platform of goodness. And Bhagavad Gita speaks so much of the qualities of someone who's come to the platform of goodness. And there's an interesting analogy that uh, Hridayananda provided in the uh, 11th, in his commentary in the 11th canto. He said, getting to the mode of goodness is like one going to the airport. If you want to go somewhere, if you have a journey to take, it's probably a good thing to get to the airport because there's all kinds of facility there. If you want to take a journey and you stay, you don't go to the airport, you stay in, in the city, it's going to be harder for you to catch a plane to go where you need to go. Rising up to the mode of goodness in our activities, in our consciousness, uh, there's always, you know, helicopters that can come down in the middle of the town and pick you up, but it's very seldom that they're just there and you can jump on. But at the, at the airport, there's a lot more facility. You can go, there's a ticker counter, you can buy your ticket, and you can jump on the plane. Similarly, if you want to travel, you go to the airport. It's just logical. If you want to come to the stage of engagement in spiritual activity, get to the mode of goodness. The chance of you having a ticket counter in the mode of goodness and a plane at a gate that you can get on, there's a lot more possibility for that when you take the endeavor to get to the airport. So we endeavor to get out of the modes of material nature. I guess you could say, well, it's a prerequisite. Not necessarily. Arjuna was a Kshatriya. 
Kshatriya means what? What mode controls the Kshatriya? Passion. Vaisha, passion and ignorance. Sudra, ignorance. Krishna didn't ask Arjuna, you immediately engage in the mode of goodness. Arjuna said, in fact, Arjuna suggested it, didn't he? Yeah, let me go off. <laughs> I can take sannyas off to the woods. That's not what the guru said. No. You engage your passion in Krishna's service. We gotta get you there according to your to your position, time, place, and circumstance. <laughs> so these verses are speaking to that, that that gradually as one engages in spiritual activity under the direction of the guru. Those gunas, those ropes, actually release and one comes to the mode of goodness. Thus established in the mode of goodness, the man rejuvenated by loving service to the Lord gains liberation from material association, mukti, and comes to know scientifically the personality of Godhead. Mukti. Mukti is only this. When we speak of liberation, it's this thing when the modes of material nature no longer have an influence. Now, for some spiritualists, they think, well, that's it. I'm a free man. Karma's no longer dragging me down. I'm no longer suffering the slings and arrows of my misfortune, of my activity. I'm free. There's, Yeah, you're free. Great. Good for you. Now, what are you going to do with your freedom? This verse says what to do with your freedom. And comes to know scientifically the Supreme Personality of Godhead. How do we begin? Well, we begin by learning of his characteristics. That's the beginning of development of spiritual emotion, isn't it? Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, second, way, second, second ocean starts there. Right? We begin there. Bhai Bhava is what? Appreciation of those qualities, those 64 qualities that are presented scientifically about the character of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's the beginning of emotional heartfelt service to the Supreme, learning about his transcendental qualities. Now, we begin that education under the toolage of the guru in, in what way? He teaches us how Krishna, how his qualities are in those things that we are familiar with. Taste in the water. The wine. <laughs> Yes, everything. His rasa pervades everything here pervertedly. There's also a spiritual realm where there's no perversion left. Even the mode of goodness in this realm is perverted. You can't get it pure. Sudha sattva is only there when we come to the spiritual platform. Purity of heart, huh? Not an external dress. Not an external show of so much service when our motivation is 
is not, our heart is not in the right place, our motivation, we have an ill motive. We're still wanting to do business with the Supreme. Somehow or other, we're still wanting something in return. Does that mean we're hopeless when there's still those wants? Is our service hopeless when there's still that desire for recognition? There's still some desire for some remuneration on the material plane. We're not hopeless. The Bhagavad also speaks to that. The karma sarva karma va moksa karma udara di. Even if there is some desire, some moksa karma, I want liberation, I want free freedom, no more samsara for me, I want to be happy, I don't want to have to suffer for all my sinful life, moksa karma, sarva karma, yeah, I'm not happy on this plane, but if I could get to the sarva place, that would be cool. Let me go there. Sarva loka. Higher locus. Where there's hardly any even... It's hard for us to conceive. Let's just put it this way. The demigods enjoy at a level that is practically inconceivable to us living here in Kali Yuga. Of course, their level of enjoyment, which we may look up to and say, My gosh, so nice, so many beautiful women... So nice, their fragrant bodies, the, the, the nectar is flowing, the wine is there, the pleasure gardens are everywhere, and I don't even have to show up for work in the morning. I just enjoy. Day in and day out. And the days, they seem to last forever. And what do the saints say? All that pleasure that one can experience in the material realm, it's, yeah, it's, it's just insignificant to the ocean of spiritual pleasure that's there. So it's a great science. We have to take advantage of this science. We can't short-step the science insofar as it takes a complete dedication on our part, a complete full hearted involvement even if there's some anartha left in us some tendency to after the kirtan go outside and enjoy on some other plane even if there's some tendency there we continue to go, come and take association of the devotees and hear Krishna Katha eventually everything will become successful if we simply stick to the process with some sincerity of heart. So if we see we have some shortcoming, that, that should not throw us off the path. We shouldn't lose all faith and say, well, this isn't working for me. No, Krishna's guarantee is there. It works for everybody. Krishna says, Sarvashya Chaham Riddhi Son. I'm seated in everyone's heart. I'm your dear most friend. There's no discrimination on my part. I'm here for everyone. And if we have come to this stage 
of having good association, then we have to know that Krishna has blessed us beyond our wildest qualification. He's given us so much. Now, how do we take advantage? That is the task at hand for the devotee. How can I take full advantage of this process of Krishna consciousness? How can I take full advantage? We begin by daily pour this nectar of the Bhagavat into the ear. We have to. This is our saving grace, this Srimad Bhagavatam. This will protect us from all danger. This will keep us fixed in spiritual life when the mind is mad to go and try to pull us again into the sufferings of material enjoyment. The sufferings of material enjoyment. The mind is saying there's enjoyment. We must know, yeah, there's enjoyment. Who wants to enjoy something where the price for that enjoyment is so high in suffering on the other end? The Bhagavat keeps our keeps us focused on the path of firm advancement in spiritual life. All the great Acharyas have invested themselves in this literature. This is the basis for all of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings and it is the foundation of all the literatures that have been given to us by the Goswamis. Throughout their literatures, this is what they bring out, is the significance of Srimad Bhagavatam. So, Bhagavat, we must hear daily, we must hear attentively. It's so crucial to remaining fixed in devotional practice that if we neglect it, then there's every chance everything will be basha, some dim reflection. I look like a devotee. I dress like a devotee. I hang out with devotees. But if my heart is not, and my intellect and my heart is not captured by this literature, it's just a, a shadow existence of devotional life. And all of the makeup in the world is not going to satisfy our hearts. All the dress, all the show bottle presentation, it's not going to satisfy our heart. And eventually, the external energy will pe appear more attractive to us. Any questions? Thank you very much. Should we do this again before tomorrow evening? Just let me know. Hello? Okay. We'll see you tomorrow night. Oh, someone was on the phone? Hare Krishna.